There's never just two sides to a sports issue. Welcome to Three Sides Sports Talk. Welcome, everyone, to another rousing edition of Three Sides Sports Talk. Todd Kleinheinz, Jeff Krapinski, and Jerry Sue with you as always. We're going to be talking a lot of football today, but we want to also get it out there that we're going to be answering questions. So when you write your reviews on Apple Podcasts or on YouTube, feel free to throw in some questions. We'll get those answered. Also, hit us up on Twitter at Three Sides Sports. Um, and let's just dive right into it because I actually dove into kind of a tangent of research but before we get into those types of things jerry you were just about to let loose an avalanche of information because i could tell you had deshaun watson on your mind but how you thought it was going to progress so take it from there well in terms of deshaun watson because we were talking right before we started recording i was just saying that things seem to have grinded to a halt because he i think teams are waiting on him right he I guess it would either be the first domino to fall or the last domino, but I think every team is who's who's hoping to get a shot of acquiring him if he is made available. Um, they they they're waiting for him. So if like you're the Denver Broncos who would, would seemingly want to move on from Drew Locke, you want Deshaun, but if you don't get Deshaun, what is what is your backup, right? And so are they are they really going to wait it out or are they going to try to move on like a Carson Wentz because Carson Wentz is currently available. Well, well, I don't know if so much is waiting on Deshaun. Deshaun said what he wants. He's waiting on Houston, right? What's Houston going to do? Yeah, yeah. That's why I meant the Deshaun right. situation. Yeah, right. I mean, and, and I don't know. Maybe you've heard that somewhere, but I haven't heard anything about the Broncos hell-bent on moving on from Drew Locke. I don't know about that. I mean, that's uh, the, the case or not. But um, so, yeah. seems like the first on the fall, maybe Carson Wentz. I would I would think that Carson Wentz is going to probably be the, the first domino, um, but it's kind of a domino of one, in my opinion, because I don't think Deshaun and Carson are tied up in terms of the teams that are actively pursuing either of them. I mean, by all accounts, it's the Bears and the Colts who are kind of in on Carson Wentz, and it's been reported out there that there's there's an offer on the table of two second round picks for Wentz. And the fact that Philly hasn't pulled the trigger and has kind of pulled back and hasn't engaged in further negotiation kind of indicates that's a stalling point right there. They want a one. These teams are kind of offering a couple twos. And now that's just going to be a waiting game. As for Deshaun, um, I heard a report on ESPN this morning that uh, out of Denver that the the Broncos were willing to they were in on Stafford they're going to be in on Deshaun and if Russell Wilson happens to be out there they'll be in on that but they're not moving on from Drew Locke unless similar to the Niners philosophy and what's been reported they're going to get a drastic upgrade so they're not they don't seem to be in on Wentz or any of these other quarterbacks which is fine I mean each team kind of you know to their own um the thing that I that perked my ears up the most was hearing from a Carolina Panther reporter today that the Panthers are ready to offer three ones and Christian McCaffrey to to Houston. Now, it's 
Um, I mean, that, that's got to be enticing. I mean, you're talking about you're getting Christian McCaffrey, you're getting the number eight pick. I mean, you're, you're moving Deshaun from the AFC to NFC. Houston's got to be licking their chops if, in fact, that's on the table or in discussions. Right, and that's my point is that there are going to be so many teams in on Deshaun in the Deshaun situation, trying hoping to acquire him. Um, I mean, you talked about the Chicago Bears being in on Wentz. I'm sure they're they'd love to try um, to to acquire Deshaun as well. So I think that's that's what I was getting at. But um, in re, in in related news, as far as the Houston Texans are concerned, um, I, I was totally shocked. I don't know how you guys felt, but I was totally shocked when they decided to release JJ Watt. I mean, I'm psyched for JJ that he got his wish and now has the opportunity to go to a winning team. But I was stunned that the Texans just let him go for nothing, considering that Watt was still under contract and they didn't make him honor it the way they're forcing Deshaun Watson to do so. Um, I mean, sure, Watson, um, Watt is older. I get it. But um, he's still a prominent face of the franchise for Houston and would definitely still be an integral part of their team. So, why grant Watt his wish? Why was Houston so eager to, and I quote, make sure we did right by him, as the Texans said in their press release, when at the same time, they refused to offer the same type of respect for Deshaun when he's given everything he's had for the organization. And as much as I don't want to use the race card, I can't help but notice that they treated Watt like a man, because perhaps because he's white. And they're treating Watson like he's their property. So, you know, it's no wonder Deshaun wants to get the heck out of there. Yeah, I, I'd say that's way off. I mean, the, the, you're telling, I mean, if J.J. Watt was 25 coming off of defensive player of the year, you think they would have just let him go? Of course not. I mean, there's a reason he's ten, almost 10 years older, missed half of the games in, in the past two seasons is 32 was is 32 with a big price tag. I mean, JJ has is the next team he goes to, he's going to be a spot situational pass rusher. And you know, he's, there's a reason he's looking at the teams who can win a championship. He's, he's, he's looking to find a ring in the next two years. Cause there's no way his, his body's not going to be able to hold up and whatnot. Deshaun is 25. He's got a decade of, prime quarterbacking left and I was mildly surprised that they just let walk uh, let Watt walk you know without getting anything but it soon came out after that that the the value of J.J. Watt on the trade market was like a fifth rounder and are you gonna really are you gonna hold the face of your franchise for the past 10 years hostage for a fifth rounder no so it's a lot easier to say, hey, JJ, we're going to do you a solid. We're just going to let you go. Because in essence, we're not getting anything for you anyway. We're, re- we're rebuilding. So, you know, why get into another pissing match with, you know, this guy? So, I mean, I don't, I mean, if I'm the Texans, it's a lot easier to say goodbye to JJ Watt. He gave you his prime years, you know, Deshaun is just entering that. Yeah, I mean, I have a few thoughts on, on, uh, on Watt. At first I thought the same thing. I was surprised that they would just let him go. I, yeah, you're not get anything for him. I don't know what the market was. Like you said, if it was a fifth rounder, I mean, I'm just surprised they would just let him go being that he was under contract. Maybe it's because right. He's, he's 
well past his prime. You know, when you think about it, he's given so much to the organization or to the, to the city, that type of thing. So they just said, okay, fine. We'll just let you go. I mean, I guess those are the reasons for that. Um, yeah. I mean, Deshaun's just, just stepping into his, uh, into his prime and the fact that he's a quarterback. I mean, it's not being mistaken there. And as far as, you know, as far as getting a guy like Watt, I'm like, you Todd, I'm like, well, he's, he's going to be situational. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm not really interested in even signing a guy like JJ Watt at this point. Yeah. I mean, I, I hear what you guys are saying. I, I get that Watt is not at the same point in his career as Watson. Um, I hadn't heard that he was only, the teams are only offering a fifth round pick for him because it seems like a lot of teams are interested in signing him. Um, but I guess the fact of the matter is Houston held Watts contractual rights just as they do for Deshaun. Yeah. And just as JJ has given the Texans his all while he's been in Houston, Deshaun has done the same with two divisional titles and yes, just four years. But I don't know there to me now there are clearly some irreconcilable differences from Deshaun's viewpoint. So why not make sure they do right by Deshaun? Well, there's, there, we don't know that they're not, but. Well, they're not because he's asked to be traded. Yeah, but that. And there's, they're holding firm that they won't. Absolutely. But that's, that's your negotiation point. If you all of a sudden say, yeah, we're going to trade you. Every team's going to just, no team's going to come in with overwhelmingly Christian McCaffrey and three number ones. If they're saying, no, we're not trading him, the only way to get them to, well, let's consider that, is to blow them away with a, wow, that's almost too hard to, to, to turn down. Yeah, I don't know. I disagree. I think once, once it becomes official that Houston is open for business, you will have teams tripping over themselves, offering you know their, their left arm for, for Deshaun. Of course, but in my in my deep dive of research this week, the did you know teams can only trade picks three years out? So they the Niners couldn't offer five years worth of number ones. Mm-hmm. They can a team can only offer three years worth of picks. So that goes back to why does the Jets and Miami hold more cards because they have extra picks this year? So did did that does that did that rule apply way back when? Um, Minnesota traded for Herschel Walker because I seem to recall yeah. Minnesota offering five first round picks or something no. silly they, like they, that. Three years worth of picks they had. Um, so yeah, so if the if the which is why it makes sense now that you started or I started to hear oh the Panthers are offering three number ones and McCaffrey. It's kind of like well why why three? Well you can only offer three. So which is bad news for the Niners because if they only, they only have their three, how else are you going to get incentivized to trade Deshaun? So you're the Niners are really going to have to hope Deshaun has the Niners way up on his priority list. And if he has them way up on their priority list, it's going to be a benefit to get him to the NFC. But then again, I mean, I'll throw it out there. If you're the Texans, you're open for business and Carolina offers you, three number ones in Christian McCaffrey, including the number eight pick this year. And the Niners offer three number ones and Nick Bosa, which way are you going? Well, if Deshaun had a, didn't have a no trade, then that would be a no brainer, right? You'd go Carolina. Right. But I guess it's what we talked about right from the get go was that in order for Deshaun to end up in San Francisco, he would have to demand to want to, to 
that he'd want to go to the Niners. Right. So if he's interested in going to a team like the Niners, then that's what's going to push it that way, of course. Right. Otherwise, if he opens it up to, well, I can go to any of these five teams, then yes, then the Niners would be at a tremendous disadvantage. Yeah, which is which is why, and it, it's, it's bothersome to me during this whole situation, Deshaun has not said anything. He hasn't spoken to the Texans. So all we've heard is through his agent, he's requested a trade. And that was it. I mean, why not? Why not have more? Why not come out with something else? I mean, it's just left to conjecture by everybody else as to what he's thinking. Not to mention, the Texans are reaching out to you. Why not answer the phone and said, thanks for the four years. Here's my list of five teams. Go get the best package you can because I'm not reporting to you. You know, I mean, and that's, that's what would move this along is opening up those communication fields. Well, like you said, we've heard nothing from Deshaun directly, but we don't know that his representation hasn't been in, in communication with the Texans, right? No, of course not. But that's, but that's my point is, you know. And that's what they're hired for, right? Deshaun doesn't need to have the, the – now, maybe that would help, right? Maybe that's what is needed to move this forward, the way J.J. Watt had a face-to-face with Houston and then ultimately got his release. Right. But at the same time, I don't know. That's why, back to my original point, I mean, you look at J.J. Watt, he has to be released, the team quickly accommodated. Matt Stafford asked to be traded. His team quickly accommodated. But yet, you know, when like players like Jalen Ramsey and Jamal Adams asked to be traded, their teams wouldn't oblige until they were kicking and screaming to get out. Well, I guess the, the big caveat there is he's the quarterback and he's, and he's young. But the biggest one is he's the quarterback. Much different than this old kind of still okay pass rusher guy, right? Like <laughs> just being that he's the quarterback, that's going to change everything. And, and it's, I mean, you're right. When, when Texans, when the Texans open the door for trading, when they just go, which I, I don't know how dug in they are. Casario seems to be very dug into, we're not trading him, but again, that could be posturing for leverage. As soon as they say we're open for business. I mean, why aren't you going Best offer by end of day Friday, we're making this deal. Because you, you can't drag this. You, once it's known things are open, you can't drag out. It's got to be quick. It's got to be, you know, rip the Band-Aid off and, and get it over with. So both sides can move on. And there's just, I, as much as I, I mean, I, my, my thoughts have swayed tremendously over the past weeks from, oh, yeah, they're going to trade him as soon as possible, too. They're not trading him. They're just not, I mean, they're going to drag it because they're going to, they're going to drag it to the point where these teams have to go to option B like, Hey, it's, it's draft time. It's mini camp time. It's whatever. We can't, can't go in with Drew Locke if we're not sold on Drew Locke or Tua or Sam Darnold or whoever, these teams have to move forward at some point. And if the Texans don't swing open those doors and say best, best trade available, they're going to screw themselves, which isn't out of the realm of possibility considering how they've done things anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and, and uh, your buddy Dan Cilio had mentioned that the Niners were going to what go hard or be all in. Is that what he said? I believe it was all in. Yes. 
Yeah. So what does that mean then? Does that just mean, sure, we'll throw in our three first rounders and see where that gets us? Because what, I mean, if you can't, if you can't, you know, extend your offer beyond you said three years of worth of first rounders, then, you know, where does that leave the Niners? Is that just cool? We'll, we'll throw our three rounder first rounders in and, and let's start there and see if any, if they right. bite. Some, some second rounders, some third rounders, uh, Jimmy Ward, yeah, Eric Armstead. Well, <laughs> well, let's, I mean, I, I'm glad you kind of brought that up because what, if there's positions that the Niners not are deep in, but positions that, boy, Shanahan just interchanges parts, I could see part, Brandon Ayuk being part of a trade. You know, you got Debo, you got George Kittle. You're going to go in and get another wide receiver. Deshaun's going to make everybody better. So if you're the Niners, three ones and Brandon Ayuk, who was our first rounder last year and was, you know, significant, you know, production as a rookie. I mean, that's, to me, that's, if you're the Niners, that's where you're going with. You're, you're not, you're doing whatever you can not to put Bosa in, not to put Warner in, because that is such it's thin to begin with. It's a stalwart unit. So, and it's kind of the side of the ball that Shanahan can't scheme. He can scheme running backs and all these guys open. So it's not going to surprise me if we start hearing Ayuk as part of this trade, if in fact the Niners are all in. Yeah. What if they ask for Javon Kinlaw? Instead of Brandon Ayuk? Or in addition, instead of, or in addition. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, there's, there's, I'm not, I'm, I'm not closing the book on anybody. Like if, if you're the Texans and you call me and you're, and you say three number ones, Kinlaw and Ayuk. All right, well, hold, let me get John Lynch and let's have this discussion and have this negotiate. We're not jumping through hoops because it's probably going to end up being no, it'll probably be, well, how about three number ones? a two next year and, you know, Ayuk instead of, you know, it's, it's going to be that type of thing. So to me, the Niners have to, they have to make sure that they get into free agency this year, shoring up as many depth needs as they can. And that's, I think that's why we're seeing these guys get signed like these backup safeties and these backup linemen, just because if the Niners do go all in and surrender these, number one picks, you know, that that's a huge weapon in terms of building the roster with those number one picks. So. Yeah. And if, if the Niners aren't able to acquire Watson and are stuck with Jimmy this season, I, I don't see any path for them to remain a championship contender. I mean, according to, and according to the athletics, Tim Kawakami, he's spoken with John Lynch who supposedly believes that Jimmy's contract as it currently stands is just fine. Um, apparently they're not worried about it, which I don't get. Um, I mean, it might be reasonable if we were still pre pandemic, but with the unplanned diminished salary cap, I think Jimmy's contract severely limits what we can do in terms of free agency. And I'm not even talking about signing free agents from other teams. I'm talking about being able to keep our own, like, Trent Williams and restricted free agents like Emmanuel Mosley. And, you know, I mean, they'll probably, if they keep Jimmy draft a backup quarterback, but that's not 
likely going to be good enough right out of the shoot to push Jimmy to be better. And if Jimmy gets hurt, then good luck to that rookie. Yeah. You, you mentioned a lot there. I mean, back to what's t- what Todd was talking about real quick. Um, we've been searching for receivers for a long time. So that's the only thing my, where I'm hesitant there to get rid of one that looks like he's, he's promising. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess any name is, is a possibility for, to get, to get the quarterback that you need. Um, which is why I don't know if like, mentioning all those people, I just don't, I don't see the Niners doing that and pulling that trigger for, for, for Deshaun. I just, I just don't see it happening, I guess. I mean, I, I'd like to be surprised, but I just don't see it happening because you're giving up so much and so many draft picks so much capital. Um, but yeah, I mean, so are we screwed either way? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we're screwed. I just think it goes back to what we talked about a month ago when this first came up was the Niners aren't in a power position unless unless Deshaun comes out and says, you know, I, I want you know, uh, unless he unless he goes on Instagram with a Niner hat going wherever you guys want to trade me, I'm willing to go, you know, like type of thing. I mean, he has to make it known to the Texans that that's his top priority because if he just says, Hey, I'll go to Miami, I'll go to Carolina, I'll go to Dallas, where I'll go to San Francisco. And, you know, Casario starts making those calls and goes, what are you giving me? What are you giving me? All those teams are going to have, or most of them are going to have a quarterback to offer such as Tua, such as Sam Darnold, such as Drew Locke, at a cheaper rate than Jimmy. So, you know, they're not, the Niners aren't getting the, the benefit of, you know, oh, well, we can give you this. And they have higher first-round picks this year. Yeah. So the, the packages from those teams are going to be more, you know, more amiable for the, te- the Texans to, you know, digest, even though no, I don't think whatever they get is going to be equal value because – you just don't trade a 25 year old top five quarterback, but, but going, going back um, quickly to the, the free agency and the contract, you know, not to, not to be the bearer of bad news, but if D Ford doesn't get healthy, that's going to screw the Niners because if he's not healthy on April 1st, if he can't pass a physical, he's guaranteed 11.6 million whether he suits up for the Niners this year or not. And his, his contract is basically like 15 million. So if you cut him, you're responsible for the 11.6 because he's injured and his signing bonus, which is like 7 million. So cutting him an unhealthy D Ford is going to cost you $5 million more. So that's going to be a hindrance if, if he can't pass a physical, otherwise D Ford's going to be back on the team because it's going to cost them less to keep him. So that's, that's one of those things, you know, opposed to Weston Richburg who can be cut because he doesn't have an injury set or an injury guarantee and his 3.5 million over the next two years, you know, just is accelerated. So the Niners would get some cap relief, but going back to your point, Jerry, of trying to sign our free agents and other free agents and build around this team. If in fact, the Niners think Jimmy's the guy, the D Ford contract is going to be the hindrance. I mean, yeah. yeah. And even if Jimmy's amenable to restructuring his contract, I mean, they, that'll still give them very little. I mean, it'll give them some wiggle room, but still not enough because of things like, like the D Ford situation. 
Yeah, and if they want to compete and stay competitive, like you were saying, Jerry, drafting uh, Trey Lance at twelve doesn't really help them in the right, you know, right now. So that that that'll be a hindrance to as well. And then you're paying, you know, Jimmy all that money, and we trying to resign other guys, and we draft a quarterback because maybe we need to draft a quarterback, but then we're still paying paying Jimmy. So yeah, it's a tough one. Right, and apparently, um, in in listening to Michael Lombardi, he was on. I think on the Pat McAfee show earlier this week, um, he made it sound like the Mariota contract is cumbersome as well, because something that I didn't know before was that if he's traded and, and he's traded to a team to become a starting quarterback, his contract jumps from 10 million to 20 million. <laughs> so unless Mariota's cut, I'm not, I don't think he'd be an option for the Niners either. Yeah. I mean, in, well, he's still saving a little bit. Let me let me let me throw a name out. Let me, let me throw you a name because this just happened today. The Pittsburgh Steelers came out and said, you know, hey, we Ben, we really love you, but we're not paying you 41 million next year. So, uh, you know, it's out there. They're going to have to do something whether it's a drastic restructure, which I don't think does them a whole lot of good because it just basically extends that 40 million over a couple years and I don't know if Ben's got a couple years. If Ben gets cut, what do you think about Roethlisberger coming in for a, a much smaller paycheck than Jimmy? Say, I mean, even say it's the 20 million, say it's 15 to 20 million. I mean, clearly that is the band aid quarterback because he's not there for very long. But if you draft Justin Fields, Trey Lance, what are your thoughts on Roethlisberger as the Band-Aid? Ah, uh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's – for me, I'd have two problems. My, 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 my first problem really is how would he mesh with, with this team personality-wise? Um, I'm just – I'm not sure if – you know, I don't know what kind of a leader he is. I mean, he's had, he has baggage from, I know it's been a while, but he has, he has those, you know, sexual assault charges. I just don't think the Niners are willing to go back in that direction, um, you know, for the sake of, Hey, can we get something out of this guy talent wise? Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't, I just don't think that Roethlisberger would be, would be a fit for all those reasons. Plus given his age and where he's at, you know, in his career, I, I just don't see it. Yeah, I wasn't sure which direction we were going. I was just going to say, for the sake of argument, uh, no, no thanks. I, I don't want Ben. I don't think he's uh, he's he's too old. If he learned new system, he's not mobile. I'll stick with Jimmy. I mean, even it might be a cap savings. I just don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't see that. I don't. Yeah, no, his best days are behind him. Absolutely, I I do not want him. I, yeah. I not not at all. I mean, it's but in this in these days of you know quarterback carousel when a name like Roethlisberger comes open it's going to be intriguing to some teams because are there teams that might think they're uh Ben Roethlisberger away to to you know making a difference you know I don't I'm in your all those reasons you guys said scheme wise baggage wise immobile age it, I, those are all the reasons I would also agree with you that Roethlisberger would not be, you know, a fit for the Niners because in that case, I'd rather keep Jimmy, you know, because at least he's been in the system. <laughs> at least we know 
if healthy, he is an average quarterback. And again, if let's, we, we talked about it, but if Jimmy was healthy this year, regardless of what their record was, say they, say they went eight and eight, right. They, they just, and they still missed the playoffs. They just had a bad year, but, and Bosa got hurt and Jimmy couldn't carry him. I don't know if we'd be having as much discussion about Jimmy because my problem is his unavailability is what is hindering the team. Cause it puts him in a having to play Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard, you know, conundrum. Yeah. I mean, we, but the thing is we even saw that when he was in new England, right. This inability to, to stay healthy when he got that shot, when, when Tom Brady was suspended, I mean, what is it the second game that he played in, he got hurt. So yep. I'm not sure you can just bank bank on Jimmy being healthy again. Um, and I don't know that, that so, so according to the NFL networks, Daniel Jeremiah, when he's talking about quarterbacks, right. There's mm-hmm. that there, there, that some quarterbacks are trucks who can carry the team while other quarterbacks are trailers who are highly dependent on everything around them and need to be pulled to, get to their destination. And, and in addition to Jimmy's health issues, I mean, he's definitely more of a trailer and not a truck. Yeah. No, no. I mean, I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any doubt about it. The problem is like always, there's only 10 trucks in the NFL. Like two thirds of the teams are going to have a trailer. It's okay. You're the trailer, but are we going to soup up this trailer as best we can because it's going to, you know, get us to where we want to go? And that's, that's, I think the problem with the Niners, they got a nice trailer. It, it's, it works for them. Like it does kind of what they need. It keeps blowing a tire every time they turn right. And we're running out of tires to replace the trailer, you know? So it's no wonder that they're all in on Deshaun. I, I mean, as your buddy Dan Cilio likes to, you know, suggest because they want a truck. Every every team wants a truck. It's just, uh, it's just finding that truck. And is that where they're? I mean, and is that the direction you think that the Niners will be headed in this off season? That Jimmy will will ultimately just be that bridge quarterback this season, and that they're just going to draft somebody to move on. Jeff, your thoughts? Yeah, I don't get the. Uh... I don't get the sense of that. They keep saying, you know, Jimmy's the guy. So unless, you know, unless they get Deshaun, I can see Jimmy being there for multiple years, whether they draft a guy or not. And just, and just going with that and building the team around them, you know, um, unless we're just going to draft a guy and play him as soon as Jimmy gets hurt. And then he's, he's expendable if he, if the guy does well, but it's just, it's, I don't know. It's just fun to, you know, keep talking this into a circle. Like, are we keeping Jimmy? Are we not giving? I, I, it's well, my and my thought on the situation is, they if they're going to draft a quarterback, I think they need to do it this year. I mean, I think this was kind of because if it, come next year, if Jimmy's is the starter and he's healthy, they're they're probably you know low lowing low point being eight win team. So like this is as good of a situation in terms of draft position as they're going to be in. So unless they're going to, you know, pick whoever's available at 12, whether that's Justin Fields or Trey Lance, or make a push to get up into the top five, which at this point might seem, it might seem, you know, like an inexpensive proposition when you're start, when you're talking about 
three ones, a two, Brandon Ayuk, when you're when you say, well, we'll trade you our one this year and our one next year to get up to number seven. All of a sudden, two number ones, you're like, oh, that's a bargain basement deal. We'll get up there and you know we'll target whoever we want or almost whoever we want. So if if they're, I think if they're going to do it, they have to draft the quarterback. The the I would say the difference making quarterback this year. I, I think Shanahan's always going to you know, look in the second, third, fourth rounds for a quarterback, you know, yeah, and, then, and, then, and then keep Jimmy uh, while you draft a quarterback. You're saying, well, I mean, don't forget about birthday boy, Josh Rosen. I mean, right. Josh Rosen just had his birthday yesterday, 24. We're, we're still talking about a young guy who is unproved, not, not so much unproven as not giving his a real shot at proving himself. Yeah. The fact that the Niners kind of locked him up even before, you know, he got to any sort of free agency suggests they're going to, he's going to be part of the quarterback room. Maybe that's the, maybe that's a, you know, a thought process, but again, it's a process that they're going to need to see him get out there on the field, which they're going to need that band-aid quarterback just in case Rosen goes out there and is not good. Well, what's funny is uh, we, we talked about a little bit, I think in, in text earlier, that other, uh, podcast that I heard these guys talking about the same thing we've talked about before. And my, what, I'm, what I'm worried about is that Shanahan doesn't want that guy. So we're talking about it. Like, this is all fun to talk about. We want Deshaun, but I'm pretty sure Shanahan, unless he's being overruled by Lynch, doesn't want that guy. So we're not going to get that guy anyway, because he's going to either draft a Mac Jones or stick with a Josh Rosen or bring in a freaking Roethlisberger who just stands there and runs his system. So well, what that's what's frustrating do. about this whole situation. You know what we need to do? We need to get Daniel Kilgore on our show. We need to book him as a guest. Daniel Kilgore, are you listening to our podcast? Because if so, he would be the perfect guy because he was part of the previous regime right before Shanahan. He was there that one year, right? He was the year, the I think the first year that Shanahan took over. So he knows Shanahan. And he was in Miami when Josh Rosen was there. So he'd be the perfect guy to answer all these questions. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let, I mean, I'd love to, because that's the type of information you would need, or that would be beneficial. Not, I mean, to us, to people who are listening just to hear now, granted, you rarely have guests come on and say, yeah, that guy is an a-hole. That guy is trash. That guy, you know, I, I can't get far enough away from that guy, you know, but reading between the lines, anytime, you know, a guy would say, yeah, he had a difficult time or he just rubbed people the wrong way. You know, those are all red flags that you would get. And then you'd have to go, all right, well, I guess kind of those, those things that people have talked about under the surface kind of are there all the time. So, but, but I'm all for it. Let's do it. Let's, let's get, find Kilgore, get Kilgore. You know, I mean, he could, he could easily, you know, explain kind of, and you're right, being on the Shanahan end of the spectrum, the Dolphins with Rosen, it, it'd be fascinating. All right. That's your job, Todd. Book them. <sighs> aren't, uh, aren't you the booker? Isn't that your job title? <laughs> Anyways, um, one other thing that I wanted to get to um, about, the, about the Niners uh, quarterback-wise is we've talked about the, how the we think, wouldn't the Jets' philosophy be the same as Shanahan's philosophy because they came from, you know, similar, you know, you know, the similar trees, you know, as, as 
they were here. So I'm, I'm almost willing to, we don't even have to have that Sam Darnold conversation or we shouldn't have that Sam Darnold conversation because if he's, tri- if he is let loose, why would the new guy let loose, you know, when Shanahan could pick him up? So I think that's one of those guys, because at this point you just got to start, you know, chopping down these branches instead of having everybody in there. And I think that's kind of the, the joy of the off season is, Oh, everything is as a, hey, as JJ Watt said, free agency is wild, which is absolutely true, but you got to be focused. So let's not, we don't have to have that Darnold discussion. We don't have to have the Ben Roethlisberger discussion. Do we have to have other discussions? Absolutely. Because it's entertaining, it's informative, and it leads us to these places of discussion that, you know, we're not just, we're not just Joe from Livermore yelling on the radio or yelling on the TV about who we want, you know, how, two cents of, you know, thought into a subject really helps. So, um, so real quick regarding Sam Darnold, I know last week I said it wouldn't make any sense for the Niners to acquire Sam Darnold because if Kyle likes him, then it would be logical to think that Mike LaFleur would like him as well, given that LaFleur is Kyle's disciple, and then they would just keep Darnold. However, if the Jets just want to start fresh, Absolutely. right? Like regardless of how they might feel about Darnold, if they just want to start fresh, I could see them parting ways with Darnold. No, I, that's, I, I, I should have prefaced that. I agree because the Jets' position, if they're going to draft Justin Fields, get trade Darnold for a, a two because it's just going to up your, your draft stock. In, term, in terms of the Jets, you know, offloading Darnold, it's going to be to the Niners because they're having to replace. They're not trading him just because to get rid of him because he's no good, you know, so. But just I, this- I was just, just going to add that, I mean, we always hear that, oh, he's a disciple. It makes sense that this guy would like it. But a lot of times when these guys want, they want to put their own spin on it or their own take on it, he may just say those things. But really, he's like, I want to get rid of this guy. I don't really like this guy. I have my own feelings and thoughts. Maybe maybe it's Justin Fields or somebody else. So, yeah, just because he's the, the disciple doesn't necessarily mean he doesn't have any ideas on his own or any thoughts on his own or doesn't really see this guy fitting the system he wants to do. And like you said, Todd, starting all new and all fresh in New York with a new face. So the uh, The free agency still is almost a month away. And the fact that, you know, JJ got cut was kind of the big news newsmaker, you know, and we're still waiting for the Deshaun, um, but kind of under the radar, but still in the NFL was um, I think Urban Meyer got a, a cold splash of reality as to he's, he can no longer, he's no longer the king of the little town. Um, Urban Meyer, you know, ran, Utah football because he was successful. He ran Florida. He ran Ohio State. I mean, boosters, local law enforcement, fan, everybody. Like, you know, he was king. He made, he signed Chris Doyle as his, I don't know, basically head athletic training person, strength guy, guy, um, who had a history of issues at Iowa, you know. Went went in front of the press in front of the press, talked about oh we've known each other for twenty years he's been vetted blah blah blah. Two days later he had to resign. Um, but I think this is 
probably the, the first time in a long time that Urban Myers, you know, gotten or hasn't got exactly what he wanted, which is just, again, such a stretch from why college is so different. Players, coaches, administrations, organizations. It's why Jim Harbaugh can go to Michigan and be king there. And in the NFL, he's questioned. And people are looking at him, you know, why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? So it it was just one of those things that popped up onto me and it made me think, you know, I thought Urban Meyer was going to be a, a, a good coach, you know, in, in Jacksonville. In fact, I, in fact, I don't know if I said it on this podcast, if, if Urban Meyer went, goes to Jacksonville and is successful, he has a legitimate claim to being the best football coach ever. I mean, he would have won everywhere. He went in college, he goes to the pros, he wins. Unlike Nick Saban, who dominates in college, went to the pros. It was a train wreck, goes back to college. Right. So I think Urban Meyer might have a little bit of, I need to reevaluate how things go. Cause I'm not, I'm no longer the King, but that, that's, I don't know if you guys have thoughts on it or even saw it or cared, but it was just something that popped up on the NFL slow news day. Yeah, definitely. When I saw that, it made me chuckle a little bit because it was probably the first time, like you said, in maybe forever, I don't know, a long time at least, that Urban Meyer, somebody said no to Urban Meyer, right? To saying, look, no, you can't do what you want to do. And, 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 and it was his first, um, I guess, experience that like Nick Saban had when he arrived into the NFL, where he, like you said, wasn't king and wasn't allowed to do pretty much anything he wanted to do. But I will give Urban Meyer a little bit of credit, or at least people have been giving him credit uh, in regard to the Trevor Lawrence Pro Day that took place, um, you know, a few days ago. I guess for those who may not know, Trevor Lawrence um, from Clemson had um, some a shoulder issue with his left shoulder, and the uh, surgery would keep him out for I guess the next four to five months or so. And so, um, in, I guess in speaking between Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer encouraged him to say, "Hey, if you want, why don't you just do your own pro day now?" just push it up. And, and he got it done and they just kind of did it. And apparently it was Urban Meyer's influence that got Trevor Lawrence's pro day. Um, was he, well, he was able to showcase himself on his own pro day early. So Which, you're, you're telling me Urban might take him number one? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, you know, he's clearly, it shows that he still has a way with players, right. In order to connect with them, to influence them. So, I mean, that's, that's his specialty, right? That's, that's his, but, but obviously he needs to learn to work within the framework of the NFL and all the, you know, he's just can't do whatever he wants. Which if what you're saying is uh, Irvin did indeed tell him to do his pro day ahead of time. Okay. Uh, my thought was when I saw it, it was, why is he doing a pro day? This guy should be signed already. He should be getting, <laughs> getting his surgery done two months ago. What are you waiting for? There's nothing to know with this guy. Since he's been a freshman, number one pick. There's no question uh, here. I'll give you five first. Now I can't give you five first. Todd said so. So what do you want from us? I'll take Trevor Lawrence. He fit our scheme perfectly. Sit back in the pocket, and he's mobile, and he's huge. Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. What do you want for him? <laughs> oh, maybe maybe Urban was you know was was listening to Brett Favre. Maybe Brett Favre had Urban's ear when Brett Favre said. Hey, why don't you take, you should take Devonte 
Devontae Smith as your first first right. pick. Don't take Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, He's no. like, well, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I should, should see him in his pro day. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, and and if you if you if you saw if you saw any any part of Lawrence's pro day, there I mean there only one thing stands out. That hair is beautiful. It was perfect. The, it, 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 that I mean, he is cast out of a football movie with the long hair and, right. and 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 then oh by the way I'm gonna throw it 65 yards and hit the guy right in the hand. So I mean right. he he's set for you know I mean I hope I hope all the marketing departments in Jacksonville you know hair products salons everything I mean jump on board now. Oh, for sure, for sure. Is Which he like a real, real life version of Shane Falco, except he's he's gonna be good. Yes, he's got the hair like Keanu. He's got the number sixteen. Yep. Which again is what Jerry's always saying. Why are you winning games, Jets? I'm looking at you. <laughs> you had this guy, and you decided to win a game. Why? I will say, um, I don't know if you guys listen to Rich Eisen much, but Rich Rich is a diehard Jets fan, right? So. To hear him just every now and then bemoan, <laughs> just right. we right. had him and like we let him go is 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 so typical Jets, I guess you would say. But it's I know they wouldn't even have to be pondering about whether or not to trade for Deshaun Watson if they kept that number one pick. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys I don't know if you guys saw that. Um, you know, a, a pretty big name announced his retirement today from football. Anybody? Submitted his paperwork and everything. Nope. Tim Tebow has retired officially from the NFL. I had um, no idea. Well, I, I thought he I retired say, years ago. So I, I should my say, apologies. I, I should say so. he's also retired from baseball today. So he has decided uh, okay. to hang up all of his cleats. Um which, uh, I mean, you want to talk about a guy who the hype was insane in college. Um, Tim Tebow, I mean, the fact that, I don't know, I, I can't remember the last time a, a double-A baseball player announced his retirement that made any kind of wrinkle. Uh, maybe Michael Jordan when he was riding yeah. the buses. But the fact that, the fact that Tebow... <laughs> was out there and it made, and it made a, a crawl on ESPN. Tim Tebow announces retirement. I'm like, really? Okay. I guess, you know, talk about a following. So the Mets invited him to spring training and he said, no, thanks. Um, I, I, much like Willie Mays Hayes, he got cut before he even had a chance. So <laughs> everything, but taking his bunk bed outside. Yeah. So, um, it, but before we get to final thoughts, what are your inclinations as to what's going to happen before free agency? Anything, a lot, big trade, no trade, anything before final thoughts? Yeah, I was going to just mention, um, I, I guess I saw it, I don't know, just in the news lately with some of these guys getting uh, released, whether it was J.J. Watt or then some other talk about, you know, maybe Von Miller's next. And I think just because of this whole pandemic and the lowering of the salary cap, we're, we're going to see a lot of guys more than probably even thought start to get released because they push salaries out for, for a year or two or even further. And they're going to have to start dumping some of these guys. So 
which could be a good thing for, you know, for us, for free agents, assuming we have some money, but more names will probably hit the market than we thought uh, or more than many years, I guess. Yeah. I mean, along those lines, um, you're right. I, I suppose it could help the Niners just because they still have a good reputation around the league for these players who may want to find a winning organization and be willing to take less because much like we've seen with um, major league baseball and how their off season went, perhaps it might end up being a same kind of cycle in the NFL where the guys who are going to get their money are going to get their money, but there are going to be a lot of people, a lot of players scrambling, you know, toward who, who aren't going to be paid the big bucks, but then there won't be any room left on, on these teams cap. So they're just going to be scrambling and, you know, perhaps the Niners will be able to scoop up some, some, um, some gems that we didn't know they'd be able to because of the situation. Yeah. Or if we get someone like that more so than JJ Watt, if all of a sudden Vaughn Miller gets released, I'm a little more interested in adding someone like that, obviously. Right. So would everybody else. And he probably still demand too much money, but all of a sudden some of these names pop out there that you weren't thinking about because they have to be released for friendly cap purposes. A lot of guys, like you said, looking for a smaller piece of the pie, right? So with that said, I think we've wrapped up another strong edition of Three Side Sports because um, I think we had a, a, a nice, lively um, debate regarding Deshaun and what it would take, um, which I think will be kind of a hot topic uh, going forward. But also, I think it was important to you know get information out there like, hey, you can only trade three years worth of picks. So as much as I was on board last week with Jerry's five number ones, you know, I didn't, I didn't love it, but I was on board like, okay, let's see. Well, we got to unhook that train and, you know, go somewhere else. So now Jerry, you're, you, you've been pretty spot on, you know, during this podcast with calling the Deshaun trade weeks before the season even ended, um, you know, saying the Niners should do whatever it takes. Um, you threw out the five first rounders. So I expect you to get back to the laboratory, cook back up to the drawing board. board. And um, next week, I want I expect a couple proposals that will make us make us question either your sanity or your brilliance. It could go either way, much like every week. So, um, but Jeff, final thoughts. Well, one thing I wanted to talk about, and I was you, you almost mentioned it earlier, and then I was going to say it earlier during one of our little debates there, but watching um, an interview with Zach Wilson's uh, coach today, I want that guy. How do we trade up to get that guy right there from where you're sitting in Utah, man? Like that, I just think that from what I've seen from that guy, the play, everyone, what his coach has to say about him. I just think it'd be really exciting. I don't want to see him go to the Jets because I don't have to watch the Jets once in a while just to see a little bit of Zach Wilson. I just think that that would be a good guy to add, right? It'd be more exciting to me than, say, uh, Trey Lance or keeping Jimmy. But then if we draft this guy, okay, great. Let's, let's see what he can do. So I, I'd like to see that happen. How can we do that? One first, two first. Two first and a player. Take draft capital, at least two first. Right. So then, but we know for this year and, and the following year. We, we know Sela. He's not going to be as, you know, so maybe there's something we can work out there. I, I don't know. Come on. Let's get, let's get, let's get some Wilson in here. But that's the thing. If you're willing to invest that draft capital into an unknown, as much as you love Zach Wilson, it just seems to be, it just seems to make more sense to put that into Deshaun where he's a known quantity. 
And I think that's been my main thing, especially, you know, it's funny you mentioned Tim Tebow retiring today. Um, Because remember when he came out, despite some of the detractors, I mean, there's still a lot of people who are on board with Tim Tebow and how great he was going to be. Um, and, and not even a guy like Tim Tebow, but I, I think of guys like, like Nathan Peterman. I remember when he came out for the draft, people were all talking about how, well, what a gem, what a, what a hidden gem he is and what a steal. But then he turned out to be nothing more than a backup at best. So I think it's really, I guess to me, it's just, it's, it's really, it's even riskier to just put your eggs in that basket of, Hey, we're just going to draft a guy because yeah, we just need a quarterback. So we're going to draft a guy, but you don't know. I mean, you got to draft the right guy. You got to get the, the guy that's, I mean, which is obvious. I mean, it's obvious. I mean, I'm not saying anything that nobody, anybody would disagree with, but you know where I'm getting at, right? Just that I, it's, it's hard for me to listen to people saying, Oh, we just got to draft one. Just got to draft one because I mean, you got to draft a good one. You got to make sure it's good. Not, not just anyone at any spot. Right. So yeah. But assuming the Deshaun part is, is out of it, I'm just saying, what well, this, this guy? I hear you. I hear you. And, and you know, since Todd is in Utah today, right. really, it's on. It's incumbent on him to drive to Zach's house. Right. Tell him, you know, John Elway, right? Just, just say, just pull a John Elway. Say you're gonna, you're gonna go play baseball, even if you've never played baseball before. I don't even know if he's a baseball player, but said, um, you're gonna go play baseball unless. Then you, unless he gets to go to the Niners. There you go. Well, we can always pull an Ace Ventura and just kidnap Zach Wilson until, <laughs> you know, until the draft and make, make that happen. So, uh, but Jerry, do you have final thoughts? So I know this is only our 12th episode, but, you know, I've been just wondering how many people are out there listening to us. Um, and you've sort of touched upon it in the very beginning is that I, you know, in terms of getting feedback. So, if you're a listener, um, it'd be awesome if you could rate our podcast and leave a note in the comment section. Um, you know, in fact, what we really like to start up perhaps is a mailbag segment and answer any and all of your questions you might have, whether it be about the Niners, the NFL in general, um, or even questions concerning other sports like uh, NBA or Major League Baseball, because as we all know, pitchers and catchers reported today. So I think I could speak for the rest of us and saying that we just love to hear from you and, and we'd love to start a dialogue. Excellent. I, I, you, you've taken the, the ending out of it. So yes, I agree. Um, we have, there's in today's day and age, we don't have to wait for the newspaper to come out and mail in your letter to the editor to, you know, get a response. We're in today's day and age, it's a click away. Technology will allow you to get those questions and comments to us. Um, whether you think, you know, Jerry's crazy for offering five number ones, or you think it's the most brilliant move ever. Um, let us know. Uh, we'd love to have this discussion um, with, with the fans and the listeners. So um, I agree with that. Um, I'd like to take my final thought um, and talk about greatness because we're a couple weeks removed from the Super Bowl now. And, Tom Brady won number seven. And to me, he is now the greatest winner in the NFL. He has done something that not only has never been done, but it's hard to forecast whether anyone could even do that again. Seven championships. But it also got me thinking about greatness. So does Tom Brady's seven championships 
mean more than all the records that Jerry Rice blew by. Jerry Rice eclipsed receiving records that the number two guy hasn't even come close to sniffing. There aren't, they aren't within five years of good productivity. So does Tom's greatness trump Jerry's greatness? And if you're talking about records, Wayne Gretzky eclipsed more records faster than any professional athlete ever. Plus he won championships. How great is the great one? All this leads me to the fact that as I was flipping through SportsCenter, I came across Serena Williams. There's a good chance I've watched zero tennis matches in the past 10 years, completely outside of a few highlights. The fact that Serena is 39 years old and moving on to the quarters of the semifinals in the Australian Open and holds, I don't know, 17 Grand Slam titles or something ridiculous like that. It just made me want people to put aside the idea of this is the GOAT or this is the greatest and just enjoy the greatness because Jerry's greatness for all of us might mean more than Tom's greatness to Packer or to Patriot fans. And listen, this is coming from a guy who was baptized in the church of Joe Montana. So the fact that I am willing to enjoy or at least concede that the greatness is out there and more people should enjoy it across all the realms, including these other sports that you might not even care about that much, but just to appreciate the greatness that some of these competitors are on, it's just, it's a chance to enjoy more greatness. So thank you, Tom, for bringing that to light. So that was my final thoughts on the episode. With all that said, um, rate, like, and comment on the podcast. Send us questions. We'll be hopefully handling a mailbag next week. Um, And then in next week's episode, I will not be in Utah. However, I can't confirm where I will be. That is literally for me still up in New York. So... Until next time, enjoy, thank you, and we'll see you next week. Good night. And they stay there, and they stay there, and they stay there. Cause all I do is please, please, please. And if you go in here, put your hands in the air, stay there. Ludacris going in on the verse, cause I've never been defeated and I won't stop now. Keep your hands up, get them in the sky for the homies that ain't making it, my folks locked down. I never went nowhere, but they say in Boom.